You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. everybody and welcome to the Health Hub. My name is Kathy Biasse and I am your host and along with Alex Diaz, our producer, we'd like to welcome you to our show this Tuesday morning. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Kathy. And once again, good morning to our listeners. Yes. How are you doing, Alex, today? I feel rested after the long weekend. Yeah, it was nice. We just celebrated our family day weekend here in Ontario. Actually, our guest Mara today, I think they celebrated in Vancouver a, a week, week ago. A week before, right. That's yeah, right. so I guess it's not a federal holiday. It's a province by province or a federal one that is experienced in different days. I'm not sure how it works. I was surprised uh, when I talked to her that um, she was celebrating yeah, hers for, last for, week. For me, it's a bit unfortunate because my sister also used to live in Vancouver, and we never used to be able to to meet up or coordinate on that. But that's all right. Yeah. That's how things go. Well, it's a day off for us, which is nice. Yes. I didn't have a great sleep last night. So I'm actually really looking to our, uh, looking forward to our talk today. I think she, Mara has such a lovely voice. She's going to really um, get across the topic of self-care today with us. Uh, you know, it's... I was just thinking on the way here, my son is getting married in three weeks. Oh, wonderful. And a minute ago, he was 10. And, you know, when you, you think of self-care and you think of how quickly life goes by, um, it's it's a perfect show for me today to, to really bring back to focus how important it is to slow down, take care of yourself, and to really appreciate, because my goodness, our Tuesdays come and go so quickly, life come and go, comes and goes so quickly, it's... Uh, it's an important thing that we need to do. Yes, it's important to slow down and appreciate every moment that we have. It is, and, and, and Mara's going to give us some tips because it's a hard thing to do. It's not an easy thing to try and slow down, and I'm sure that most people listening would understand. And it, self-care is just something that we put on the back burner. But before we get on to the topic today, I wanted to talk to you about fiber. Fiber is one of those boring nutrients and not even really a nutrient, a, a boring, a boring food topic that um, has really become part of conversation these days because of its function within the microbiome. There are two types of fiber, soluble and insoluble fiber, and we need both in our diet for sure. Soluble fiber absorbs water and improves the motility of the bowel. It also lowers cholesterol and estrogen levels. Insoluble fiber speeds up transit time uh, that's required to move uh, the fecal matter through the intestinal tract, and it doesn't really absorb water. So think of it as the, the broom. This type and this function of fiber is for elimination to decrease the tendency to constipate for constipation, and it helps uh, eliminate toxins that, you know, we need to, we need to be regular to eliminate toxins that build up uh, from external sources and internal sources. But another key function of fiber that's, that's really starting to come into play that we're just learning about 
is that it feeds our microbiome and it really helps to maintain the health of our intestinal flora. And our microbiome, you've heard this come up many, many times on the show, consists of our bacteria, fungus, and viruses that when it's balanced, when it's nourished properly, is a key component of our health. A healthy microbiome plays a role in our immune system. It plays a role in digestion and in our detoxification. A good daily fiber target is about 30 grams, and that's a lot when I'm working with people. I, I suggest that you know you take, take a day when you're not too busy and jot down your food and then go to the computer and find out uh, you know how much fiber is in a cup of the blueberries that you're having or the beans and start tallying because it, it does take, um, it does take a, a bit to start building that fiber up in your diet. You do have to get used to that. And I do also suggest that you take it slowly. If you're not someone who has a lot of plants in, in your diet, then you do have to build up a little bit slower than someone who's used to having a lot of these in their, in their diet. Fibrous foods can actually be constipating if you overload too much. So just in ending, I want to give you some examples of some very fibrous foods that you can include into your diet very easily. Cauliflower, cabbage, broccoli, celery. Boring old celery is full of lots of good things. Berries, all your leafy greens, beans, whole grains, nuts, flaxseed, hemp seed, and chia seed. So that's, uh, that's fiber and a very important part of our daily diet. So today, as we, as I mentioned, we were talking about self-care, and our guest is Mara Branscombe. Mara was awakened to the potency of Hatha Yoga in India 20 years ago. Teaching yoga and meditation now for over a decade, Mara's ability to hold healing space for the hearts and minds of others offers a vast landscape for transformation within. In her yoga teaching, Mara weaves together her background as a dance artist, her practice in the shamanic tradition, and her 20 years of experience on her mat. Currently, Mara hosts international yoga retreats, offers mentorship programs, and spiritual counseling. She fuses yoga and corporate leadership to executive teams. She teaches professional athletes and artists, and she teaches classes and workshops in Vancouver. And when we're back from our break, we will be talking to Mara, and we'll be learning about the practice of self-care ways to incorporate that into your daily life. And we're also going to find out a bit about the practice of yoga. So when we return, we will be talking tomorrow. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Our show today is live. If you'd like to call in and ask questions for uh, Mara, myself, or Alex, our number is 416-245-1534. Also follow us on the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at The Health Hub, RMC. And if you have any questions at the end of the show or something you'd like to speak to us about, you can email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. Also, our shows are on podcasts, SoundCloud, and iTunes, so you can follow us there. You can also download your favorite episodes. So lots of ways to keep in touch with us, and please do so. We put lots of things up there that are interesting for you, good ways to keep in touch and to find out who our future guests are. And without any further ado, Mara, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I think it's going to be a wonderful show. I'm expecting to ease my way through the whole the whole conversation. Your voice is so um, 
nice and soft. It's just I can understand why you're in the self-care industry. (laughs) Thank you. Can you tell us why, especially in this time, this day and age, why self-care is so important? Yes. The art of self-care is so important. I feel that it teaches us to listen more clearly for um, what our body needs, what our mind needs, and to act upon that. To take care of ourselves from the inside out will help to release stress, will help us to sleep better, eat better, connect more fully with our, our family and our friends, and overall to increase our happiness. Why do we feel almost guilty when it when we talk about taking care of ourselves, like it's a selfish thing? That's a really good point, Kathy. I'm glad you brought that up. I think that is a belief that was created that we can start to unravel. The whole notion of filling yourself up first so that you can be present and happy for everyone else in your life and more effective in your work is, I feel, a shift that will bring us into um, an overall uh, better place in our lives. When we take uh, moments to um, eat better, to exercise, to perhaps practice mindfulness or meditation, we create an overall harmony and balance in our body that far outweighs this notion of it being selfish. And in fact, it's the reverse. If we take even five minutes, even five minutes to practice our gratitudes, whatever your practice is, that creates a shift and a state in the body that will prepare you for a day uh, that could otherwise be a day that you didn't feel this way about yourself. When you practice self-care, is it something that you do on a daily basis? Or, you know, you get to that point where you're so run down and you're so tired and maybe over, overindulged in life, that's the point that, that you say, you know what, I really need to, you know, get my hair done. I really need to go to the spa. Is this something that you do when you're at the end of your tether? Or is it something that you suggest you cultivate on a daily basis? Another great point. I suggest you cultivate it on a daily basis, even something as simple as, like I I said, state three gratitudes each morning when you wake up. That already can create an an internal um, awakening, a rising of consciousness that has a ripple effect then you will perhaps make a choice to um, exercise. Then you will perhaps make a choice to eat healthy, to um, connect with your, your family and your friends. It has a ripple effect. So there's a real place for mindfulness within self-care? Because this is a topic that, you know, in 2018, this is a topic that's come up over and over again is mindfulness and gratitude. Yes. Mindfulness is being aware in the present moment. It is inviting in um, an ability to listen to yourself and to others and to witness uh, what is happening in your life. Mindfulness allows us, so it is a practice, and it does take time to um, 
become skilled at it. And it's very simple. You can begin by observing your actions. You can begin by observing your breath. You can begin by observing your triggers. And um, overall, mindfulness and self-care go together so beautifully. They feed each other and they remind you to um, take care of yourself. And when you take care of yourself, you feel good. So you keep going back for more. So this is a practice that is part of our overall health model. Is this something that you're trying to get out to people? Yes. So I feel that there has been a shift. And before it was um, more taking care of yourself from the outside. And perhaps now uh, society is awakening to when we take care of ourselves from the inside out, then the, um, the effect is greater and we have um, greater health um, overall and happiness. So everything from um, what I'm thinking in my mind, so having the positive thoughts, getting rid of the negative thoughts, to what I'm ingesting into my body, drinking enough water, having healthy foods, to exercise, these all contribute to um, an inner health. Why do you think that shift is? Why do you think that, are we tired? Are, are, we, are we looking for something else other than the standard things that we put into our, our healthy sort of daily routine? There does seem to be a real shift going on. Yes, I think so. And I believe that the, the model of working, um, you know, 14-hour days and getting only four hours sleep is the results are not, not proving themselves anymore. And the, the call to action now is uh, rest enough, uh, work less, and perhaps you will be more productive overall, taking short breaks, getting exercise, practicing present moment awareness, which is mindfulness. Well, I, you know, one of the things that you do is you work with uh, corporate leadership and that must be a challenge because you're working with people that, you, you know, you come into the work model and it's, it's output, output, output. So trying to take these people and change that around and trying to convince them that if they take care within what they produce will be better must be quite a challenge for you. Well, it's also very satisfying, in fact, because I start off very small with small exercises and um, we let go of any outcome of, of feeling, um, you know, like you're actually meditating. Um, and I teach the very basics of being aware of your breath. I teach the basics of how, how to breathe more fully, more deeply, and how to relax into the moments when you're feeling that stress inside of you and witnessing your stress. So actually, it's, it's a very fulfilling job for me, especially when I get to work with beginners. I love that. I love working with people new to this topic. Do you see the aha in their eyes when they start to, to grasp the concepts you're trying to get across to them? Yes, not only the aha and also the relief and the relaxation response is, is so fulfilling to see in people. And that, again, has a ripple effect. Then they will take that home or back to the office 
into the office to their employees and to them into their homes to their families. You know, we've said it before on the show and guests have said it before on the show. You talk about nutrition, you talk about doing all the right things, but if your head space is not where it should be, you don't digest well, you don't, you know, the stress levels rise up. So many physiological things are affected by that mind space. And and perhaps that's part of the reason why we're seeing this great shift to to getting people like you into our lives to help us declutter what's going on, you know, north of our shoulders. Mm-hmm. So, Kathy, there's a, from psychology to today, there is um, evidence, 25 to 50,000 thoughts a day we have as humans, 25 to 50,000 thoughts. Potentially 70% of those thoughts are on the negative spectrum. Working with our minds is our work now. We need to look at those repetitive patterns that are not healthy in our minds, those repetitive thoughts. We call them toxic thinking. And when we start to become aware of them, this is when mindfulness really kicks in. We start to see those negative thoughts, like I never sleep well, for example, that could be one. And then we start to let that go, release that, and, and know that that is not going to help you sleep better the next night. And you create more space in your body, in your mind, in your heart, really, to um, be the best person you can be. 70% are negative thoughts? Potentially, up to 70%. Why is that? Do you know? Why are we so negative? Well, it's actually part of, it goes back to part of a a primal instinct of survival, to tell you the truth, part of, um, in the human brain, that, um, you know, when we were hunting and gathering and we did have uh, predators, we had to be on guard in this way. And now that we do not have to be that way anymore, we can actually truly begin to reprogram the brain. And this is where meditation and yoga come so fully into service. When you're meditating or you're on your mat doing mindful movements, linking it with breath, you are witnessing your thoughts. And you can start to see more clearly the patterns that do exist. Then you can make choices to release them or also get support. I'm a big fan of getting support through counseling, you know, talking to your friends, your family, people you trust, and to start to unload those thoughts. Also writing, journaling, writing those thoughts down, writing those negative thoughts down in the morning, very helpful. Also, before you go to bed, write them down. And then in a way, you're, you're helping your brain to, to release them. And negative thoughts, we're not just talking about like the, the drastically negative thoughts, like I'll never be able to, but just when you, at the beginning of the show, I said I really didn't sleep well and I've been having trouble sleeping myself. So just, I guess, talking, turning the, the, the tide of those little pieces of thoughts that go through your head can be very powerful. That's a very good um, example. And you can say it and then you can let go of it. You know what I mean? You can share it and then you can know that it won't always be that. Um, that you will, um, by releasing even the, the, the thoughts that you um, have that are repetitive, we all have them. We all have them. It's our human nature. And the rising consciousness is, yes, that we now are in a great place in our lives, we can release those thoughts and fill ourselves up with gratitude, fill ourselves up with goodness, 
it's not that you won't ever have negative thoughts. Life goes, life rolls. We have, you know, our experiences. We have our challenges. We have all sorts of dramas that play out in our life. Yet if we can stay steady to witnessing them as opposed to being totally in them. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It takes time. It will take it. it, it, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you ever get like uh, within your own within your own practice. Are you at the point where you can turn around those negative thoughts very quickly? Or are you still like I I envision, you know, 70% of your thoughts are negative to try and turn those around. You actually have to stop dead in your tracks and say, no, I have to rethink that. And that 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 takes energy and time. Yes, but once you start to exercise it, it's like a muscle. Then it's it's all about letting go. It's all about the power of letting go. And that's talked about a lot too. It's a big buzzword, let go, let go, let go. And when you let go nearly of that thought and invite in something that you do feel grateful for, this this is a great exercise. So you can think of the fact that you didn't have a good sleep last night and let it go. And then you can invite in one thing you're grateful for today in this moment. Hmm. Okay. Now I'm, that's, an ex- I, that's an exercise. Yeah. It is an exercise. And it's, you know, I think getting people aware of this practice, and it is a practice, it's, it's like an exercise, is really the first step in, in self-healing. But it does take time. You know, it's, it's funny, anything that takes time, anything that we have to sit and think about and really we rework our brains around, it's hard. To, it's a hard selling point for people. We're so busy and we're so on the fly that, you know, just just the, the clutter of getting from A to B um, sort of dissuades us from taking that extra time to try and change our thoughts. Do you find? Yes. And I believe that our society is ready to do this now. I feel that all of the studies and the research on brain and development and psychology and mindfulness are presenting to us. If you stop and rest just a little bit more each day and bring your awareness up and listen to what your body needs and listen to what your mind is saying to you and then take action, a little bit of self-care on that, you will be overall more healthy and happy. It's funny, the science is catching up to to what, you know, this these traditions of yoga and meditation are, are centuries old, and science is starting now to catch up and see the value in them. And I've, I've sort of been pushing the yoga piece back because I wanted to really dive deep into the self-care aspect. Mm-hmm. When we come back from our break, I really want to get into the yoga and meditation and ways of self-care that that you promote and really help our listeners to start developing their own practice. So when we get back from our break, we'll start talking about that. You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are here today with Mara Branscombe, and we're talking about 
um, taking care of ourselves. You can, again, call in at 416-245-1534. We are live today. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Health Hub RMC. Mara, before we really take a bit of a deeper dive into uh, your area of yoga and meditation, what are other ways that we can start developing a daily practice of self-care outside sort of that type of a practice? Well, I feel there's five simple steps to begin the practice of self-care. And one begins with setting the intention of what is it that you want to do, one thing. And then start out small with that one thing. So don't, um, don't go way overboard. Start out really small, something achievable. And then you can use... Uh, a power symbol of sorts, an image from nature, uh, a deity, a loved one to inspire this. And you can honor uh, the intention. Remind yourself every morning, wake up and do not allow anything to get in your way to practice your self-care. And the last step is to release the outcome. When we get too fixed and attached on the outcome of what we want to achieve, it can get in our way and we we want to hold space to, to purely um, welcome in the art of self-care. And the effects then are, are great and vast. Now, when you mean by setting an intention, can you give us an example of a, of a starting point for someone who's waking up today and saying, today is the day I'm starting? Yes. Setting an intention could be for every morning I am going to wake up and say three things I am grateful for. Every single morning I'm going to do that. And so that could be one intention. Um, and the, the intention would be around perhaps self, uh, self-esteem. self I want greater self-esteem in my life. I want to increase my happiness. I want to decrease my stress level. So I guess that would be the intention is getting really clear on what do you want. For some people, they want to um, have you know sleep better at night. Some people want to, to lose weight. Some people want to, um, you know, connect to friends more. So that could be the intention. Okay. Now, when um, in the self-care realm, do you consider proper nutrition? Do you consider, you know, going for a walk? Are those all part of self-care? Is that interwoven into? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad you asked that because self-care is such a broad and um, vast landscape that you know, it's up to the individual to, to figure out what's going to, you know, create um, a rhythm in their day that's going to feed all these parts. So, for example, if someone is looking to decrease their stress level and get exercise, um, an intention could be to go out in nature every day on a walk or a hike or a run, something like that, or every other day. And, and that would feed a lot of areas. Nature decreases stress. You know, um, going on that walk or that run, the hike in the forest, um, you know, boost your immune system. It will, you know, give you exercise and it will release stress from your body, cortisol from your body. So these all, they all play into the health card. And this is, again, a point that, you know, I know you want to drive home that this is, you know, this self-care is, is really what starts our health journey. You know, setting the intention to live better starts with setting that intention, and that's a self-care. Absolutely. You know, I had a, a very good friend in my life who um, wanted to lose weight and, and, and was 
struggling with that and had tried all sorts of various, you know, diets and, and, you know, things from the outside. And when she did two things, she started to meditate daily and she started to put a, a focus on her sleep, getting to bed at a very early time without media instantly what started to happen, she started shedding weight without having to go on a diet. And in fact, it was this, the stress inside her body that was lessened that allowed her to come into a, a more of a balanced place inside. It's very interesting. I don't think we, we really appreciate how much stress we're all under. You know, you don't have to have a, a hugely demanding job just to be the only one who has that hold on stress. Our lives are stressful. Um, you know, social media and being on call all the time, that, that sets a level of stress. So self-care is so important. Now, I really want to start talking about yoga because, again, yoga is, is a practice that has been around for a very, very long time. And more and more people, I find, are starting to take up the practice. How did you get started on your yoga journey? Well, actually, I um, found a book in the library. <laughs> I was taking a course at um, Eastern Religions and in university and um, was doing a paper on um, different religions of the world. And so there, there I found uh, Mr. Iyengar's book, Light on Yoga. Um, he's quite a, a yoga guru from India. He developed um, Iyengar Yoga. And that's how I started. Now, can you, there are many, many types of yoga. I've actually seen uh, most recently, it's a high intensity yoga. But can you give us the, I mean, a little bit of a background, if you can, on the, the, yeah. the broad types of yoga? You don't have to go into the sort of the novel ones, but the broad, the broad ranges of yoga and the practice names. Yes. And first, I wanted to start out with that yoga is 5,000 years old. And the meaning of the word yoga means to yoke or to unite, to join together the breath and the body. So it's a series of exercises you do that generate and connect breath and body movement and awareness in the mind for a clean, clear mind. The first type of yoga I wanted to describe, hatha yoga, is great for beginners. It's um, generally more gentle of a form. And um, not too high intense, um, not too much intensity on the, the muscles and the joints. So for all levels. Vinyasa yoga is very popular today. And it is more like a moving meditation. It, it's almost dance-like in its movements. It, it increases flow in the body and the mind. And um, it is also quite, um, it can be quite vigorous and rigorous. Um, and then a lot of people are attracted to hot yoga. That's when the temperature is about 105 degrees in the room. And this, this can really work for some people who can handle the heat. And some people with um, some sore joints and muscles to begin with, it actually does allow them to, to feel a little bit more at ease in, in the class, in the movement. And then the last one I wanted to um, bring forth is yin yoga. Now, yin yoga is, um, can be quite restorative, and you um, are almost on your, lying on your back for the whole time and doing these stretches held for a certain amount of time to, to really target the release. And um, it can be quite calming and restorative. 
It's funny. I just did a yin class. I, I find that um, going to the gym and then doing yoga, it's mm-hmm. it's a nice balance. But mm-hmm. the like, I used to lift heavier weights, and I found the pra- my yoga practice suffering because I felt I was not as flexible. And when I first started doing yoga, yin was lovely. You know, I just loved the poses. I find yin such a challenge now. <laughs> the the stretching and, you know, holding those poses is, is quite something. It can be quite intense. That's true. It can be. And it can also really help you work on mindfulness because you are in quite a still place for a long time. Now, do you graduate? Would you consider you graduate to different classes or do you try different classes? Like the vinyasa yoga is a bit more challenging athletically, is it not, than, say, the hatha yoga? That, that's right. So if you're beginning, if you're a beginner and you're looking to start your yoga practice, I would uh, look for a hatha class or an introduction to any style of yoga. Sometimes the studios will offer an introductory or beginner series on vinyasa yoga, a beginner series on power yoga. Those are great things to look for. And also, if you are dropping into a class, let your teacher know, I'm new to the class. That's very helpful. What are you looking for when you're going to a yoga studio, what should you be looking for to give you the full package of the yoga experience? Meaning, you know, the, the exercise part for sure and the stretching, but also the meditative mindfulness aspect, because I'm sure that there are some studios that may focus a bit more on the exercise component and others more on the meditative I'm not sure if that's true or not, but what what should we be looking for for a studio that works with what we want to do in self-care? Well, I would begin by um, looking over all of their offerings on their website and um, going in and attuning to what what you are looking for. Some people are looking for, you know, when they, they enter into the yoga practice, At first, it's more physical. It's true because you're learning the poses and you're learning the ways. And once once you start to get into and you know those poses, then, of course, you start to get a little bit more into um, the mindful aspects because you're not trying to learn Mm -hmm. as much. (laughs) So you can actually relax in. And. And so it really depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for more, you know, some studios now are offering meditation classes, which is amazing. There's a lot of meditation centers opening um, within, you know, yoga studios. And yet I think that, you know, you if you're looking to start, really um, go to what you're attracted to at first and know that every teacher is different and that every a lot of classes are different. So, if your first experience of yoga isn't, you know, one that was that incredible for you, try again. Go back. Try another teacher. Okay, that's good advice. Now, bringing the two pieces together, the yoga and the uh, self-care, how how do you explain how, because this is the primary focus, I'm assuming, of, of what you do. How do you explain yoga within the concept of self-care? It is the practice of yoga, the union piece. So if the meaning of yoga is union, 
the essence of self-care is union, uniting your inner self, your inner mind, your inner teacher, your inner body with your outer self, how you present yourself in the world. The art of self-care is truly weaving together the all of you so that you do not feel fragmented inside yourself, so that those stressors inside you can start to leave you because you're feeling more connected, more harmonious, more inner peace inside. So I think they go so beautifully together mm-hmm. that really it is the merging of the inner self and the outer self coming together as one. Now, if somebody can't get to a studio or, you know, they don't want to 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 go to a, a studio for whatever reason, you know, cost-wise, um, mm-hmm. are there ways to do yoga and begin to cultivate a yoga practice at home? Uh, do you suggest apps or are there, are there I don't know what else, uh, you know, maybe TV shows that do yoga? Would you, would you be able to point them in the direction in this path? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, personally, I have a lot of recorded videos on Gaia.com. And How do you spell that, Mara? G-A-I-A okay. dot com. Okay, so people can... And there go- are, they can go there. There's beginner classes, too. They can um, learn a lot. And on that site, there's wonderful guided meditations. Many teachers, many, many teachers. And how, how do you incorporate meditation? Do you have a meditation practice outside of yoga, or do you combine all things together in the one practice? When I teach a public class, I often begin uh, five to ten minutes in a seated meditation. Then we go into the yoga practice. Then we may end also in five to ten minutes of meditation. Personally, at home, I do my meditation uh, practice right now in the evening because I have young children and they wake up very early. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I figure out how to fit it in and it's separate then for me. Um, and that's amazing. It doesn't need to be together. It's wherever you can fit it in. There are a lot of great apps. Um, it's very popular now. There's a lot of great apps for meditation as well. And my husband, who hasn't been practicing, you know, meditation or yoga in his past, he's, this year he's been a regular meditator for one whole year now, and um, very successful for him in decreasing his stress levels and being able to be more effective and efficient in his work through um, the active, you know, a 10 to 15 minute meditation daily. I hear so many people say they can't meditate. What do you say to that? I say, yes, you can. <laughs> yes. I say, um, it, it's a practice like anything. You know, when we develop these, these skills to be calm and to be the witness and to listen to our own breath, which allows us to listen to everything else more fully in life, to listen to our family, to our children, to our partners, to our loved ones, to our friends. It makes you a better person. How do you set up your meditation? So someone's going to say, someone's saying today that they're going to start this practice. Most people don't have a meditation room. Um, how do you set up your room to get the most benefit you can from your meditation? Great question. I was just sitting in a chair. Okay, especially if you don't have the flexibility to sit cross-legged. You don't need to have the flexibility. A lot of people meditate from a chair. You know, you can also sit on a cushion, um, 
on a nice um, comfortable space on a floor or a rug. And all you need is yourself and some quiet space and simply sit, close your eyes, and begin to witness the pathway of a relaxed breath. Some people like to put on even some relaxing music to start. Some people light a candle first. It's a place that you go in. It's a reverence. It's a place that you get to come home to yourself. You get to rebalance your system simply by not being on demand to the world's needs for five minutes. And then you may work yourself up to 20 minutes eventually someday. Mara is going to walk us through a couple of minutes of uh, a meditation process, how to set it up. She's been kind enough to offer that. But before we start that, what do we do with those thoughts that keep battling and, and pushing into our space? Uh, that's very challenging. Yeah. So when they come up in the meditation practice or in daily life or on your yoga mat, the first thing is to witness them without judgment. So this is a really big piece to stop beating ourselves up about having these behavior, these thoughts, because it's normal. Everyone has them. You are not alone. So you see them without judgment. You simply let them go. You simply let go of the experience of them or even trying to understand them. You let that go and then you come back to a breath. Also journaling helps. Sharing them with a good friend helps or a counselor and you work to, to eliminate. And then what happens is you start to get kinder to yourself. Okay. So meditation isn't the, the practice of, of not thinking. That's right. It is not your body will, your mind will think. It's the practice of present moment awareness. Okay. It is the practice of getting your body and your mind in a state of being the witness. Okay. Now we have, I think, Alex, we have a couple of minutes left. So, Mara, before we end the show, maybe you could take us, I know it's going to be just a bit of a teaser, but a minute and a half to two minutes of, of getting us into a, a meditative state. Sounds good. It's all yours. You go ahead. Okay. So if you're the listeners at home and you're comfortable, close your eyes. And if you're driving or doing any work while you're listening to this, keep your eyes open. Take a moment here to feel the ground underneath of you or to feel your chair underneath of you and soften into your seat. And feel yourself grounding your energy down towards the earth. And take a nice full breath, inhale into the nose. And now you're going to exhale out the mouth. And now inhale again. And exhale, almost as if all of your worries, your stresses are melting away from you. And lengthen your spine nice and tall. Soften all the muscles in your face. Bring your awareness right now to one thing that you are willing to let go of today, one stressor, one trigger, one conversation you want to let go of, one thing that didn't work out for you. Take a nice full breath in, and on your exhale, literally visualize it leaving your body. Visualize that. Good. Now bring your awareness 
to a gratitude, one thing you are grateful for today in your life. And now you're going to wholeheartedly bring that breath in with your gratitude into your heart, nice big breath into your heart, into your belly, with your gratitude swirling around you, and exhale to share it, to offer it out into the world. Inviting in this place of calm and inner peace. And feeding your inner body the art of self-care, the art of mindfulness. And know and trust that it will create much more space in your day to do everything that you want to do. That was just lovely. What a great way to end the show. If you wanted to um, find out more about Mara, you can go to her website, marabranscombe.com. Mara, do you have a quick tip that you can leave us with to start us on our self-care journey? Yes. Set the intention. Be clear. Release the outcome. Very simple words challenging to do and that's a wonderful way to start thank you so much everybody i hope you really take a self-care practice um started today make your way through your life always taking care to tend your inner garden it's so very important and again if you would like to find out about mara branscombe and her practice her website is marabranscombe.com i will put that back up on the facebook page and on our social media sites mara thank you so much for being with us it's been a lovely lovely morning a lovely conversation Thank you, Kathy. And we will talk to everybody next week on The Health Hub. Hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.